Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. When you hear that phrase, sharing your story, man, where do you even start? You know, where do you even start with something like that? Because we all have a story, every single one of us. And the story is growing. And the, stir, the story is changing and, and, cha- and switching and going, you know, it, it's evolving in so many different ways. So where do you start? What makes you who you are? When you think of your own life, you know, you start back from when you're a kid and there was various things that happened. And, you know, you, you, your family dynamic, your neighborhood your your culture, your friends. I mean, I, I married an Indian woman, and she has a completely different... <laughs> yeah, I saw that fist go up. I married an Indian woman. Look at these Indians representing. I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican. My father is Mexican. <laughs> my mom uh, my mom has passed, but she's she was German and French. They were both born and raised in D.C. Dad grew up in Northwest. Mom grew up in Southeast. All right, so like, yeah. I mean, I'm a melting pot of, of culture right here. And, uh, and then, you, you, you know, you look at someone like my, my wife, Sammy, and, and her culture. So there's all this stuff that comes into making you what you are. So where do you start when you say share your story? I was thinking about that a lot. And I, I, I was, you know, to be honest with you, I'm still not exactly sure if I have it right. But I have what I'm going to say today. So that's where we're going to go with. Many of you know my testimony. And for those of you who don't, I was not born and raised a Christian. My parents, uh, we, we grew up Catholic, but we were holiday Catholics, just Christmas and Easter. And a lot of times, not even Christmas or Easter. But my parents always taught me about love. And they always taught me about respect and, and, and to be considerate towards people. But I was never brought up in the church. And... Um, some of you guys like, I can tell, you know, but I was never brought up that way. I, I grew up uh, totally, you know, in the world, so to speak, but just with really, really loving parents. And to be honest with you guys, I never had any intention on becoming a Christian. I can totally relate to our brothers and sisters. Doug, you know, we have a listenership of 600,000 listeners every week at WGTS. 42% of them are not connected to any church whatsoever for various reasons. The studies are up and down. But a lot of it is because they look at those Christians and they're like, those people are nuts. And those people are mean sometimes. You know, I, I can relate to that because I, I would look at this, uh, this faith thing and, and think this is kind of weird. And the, the bottom line is that it is weird from a human standpoint, if we're honest with ourselves. The nature of Christ is totally counterintuitive with the nature of Pete. Pete says, punch me in my face. I'm punching you back. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Peace, peace. Pete says, if you mess with me and you become my enemy, which is a bold word to begin with, but if I ever deem you an enemy, that's not good. Jesus says, love your enemies. You know, it's counterintuitive. It's not natural for all of us. For some of us, it can be developed over time to become something that, you know, you're walking truly in the, in the light of God and you're, you're reflecting his character. But off, off the bat, that can be a hard place. 
if we're honest with ourselves, amen? But for me, I just looked at that as crazy, and I had no intention of, of becoming a Christian. I was very content with my life, and I was this little teenage kid, and it was the 90s dating myself right now, you know? I was, you know, I was like a teenager, 95, 96, and like Snoop Dogg was real big, and like Dr. Dre was real popular, and you know, gangster rap was popular. Now you listen to like rap music, and it's really weird, and, and it was probably weird back then. The parents are like, it's always been weird, and it'll always be weird, and we hate it, you know? But I was, you know, back then, it was like total, like, it was just thug life, man. Like, that's, that's what it was all about. And I was attracted to that. I was this little kid, and I always share this with you guys. I, you know, for us, where's the short people at? Put your hands up. Short people represent, right? We're a little bit better than other people, right? Come on. Come on. Right? We all suffer from, we don't have any insecurities whatsoever being short. You know, for me, like, I'm this little kid, and I just, I was so attracted to that. Like, you know, uh, people say they love at first sight. Like, for me, like, I was like, dude, that's what I want to be. I want to be, I want to be like that, like these guys. And, uh, and it's not hard, you know, growing up in Langley Park to find people who are already in the mix. And I was just, I was so into it. And here's this short little kid, and I always tell you, you know, I had this, you know, this extra need to prove that I was tough. Because back then I was really small and I was really, you know, I was fragile. And I'm not so fragile anymore. You know, you could push me and I probably won't fall over. You might hurt your hand, but I'm not going to fall over. Back then I was skinny, small little kid. And I just, you know, voice was still like Jatesh and just, you know, trying to grow up. And <laughs> where's he at? <laughs> you know, but I was just trying to be bad. Just trying to be bad and trying to, trying to be something I wasn't. My mom didn't raise me that way. And... um and I, got, I just got caught up in it. I got caught up in it. And I want to encourage, maybe there's a parent here today or uh, someone who knows somebody like that. Because I worked in youth ministry for a long time after I, I got saved, which I'll get to. But I just noticed that it's getting harder and harder and harder for the kids nowadays. Teresa, you know. I mean, they're going through stuff that I didn't, I didn't deal with. YouTube and Instagram and, you know, like social media abuse and all kinds of things and, you know, guns and it's just, it's out of control. And, you know, some things have never changed, but it's actually been amplified. So some of you guys might know someone who's going through something like that. And it might be very discouraging. I made my mom cry plenty of times because of some of the bad decisions I made. But the funny thing is, is that, I don't know, probably around 94 when I was really entering into my teenage years, my mom found Jesus. Not in some, you know, go, went to church and went to, or went to a revival and was, yeah, you know, but it was just this real quiet, humble, sincere discovery that Jesus is really my friend. And my mom started praying and she started praying hard. She started praying for her little boy. And if I can tell you today, if it wasn't for the prayers of my mom, I don't think I'd be here right now. So if you know someone who's going through something crazy, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a niece, maybe it's a cousin, and you just feel so discouraged, I'm going to tell you right now, don't give up on them. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. My mom started praying for me, and um, through a long series of events that I don't have time to get into, God came into my life. He turned things around. You know, we always say that uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. 
and uh, we'll save this for another time, but I basically got saved smoking crack in Langley Park. Does that sound crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. But that's God, right? He can move and he can work. And I've shared that story so many times in different incidents. I mean, I was running with gangs. I was selling drugs. It was, I, was, I was in it. It was real. It was real. It was for real. And then God came in. And, I, you know, I look back on that time, and I can't even. That's not me at all anymore. You know, that's not, that's not who I am. So when it came down to sharing the story, I know that that's kind of what a few people wanted to hear. We want to hear your thug stories. No, because that's not me. I want to tell you what really has made me who I am over the past six years. And that's my mom. As I shared how she prayed for me, I'll never forget. And this is all I can testify. I'll never forget going home one day and my mom was starting to have these bad headaches. And every time she would fall asleep, um, she would have these, she would wake up and say, oh, gosh, I had one of those bad, bad dreams, and my head hurt so bad, Manny. She called me Manny. And then we would just pray, and I thought maybe she had some kind of uh, anxiety going on or some kind of, um, I don't know, just crazy dream. And it kept on going for, for about, you know, like a month, actually. And then I remember being at the house and uh, sitting at the table with my father, and my mom was in the living room, and we hear these, these thumps. She was taking a nap on her chair, and we hear these thumps. And um, I ran back there, and my mom's eyes had rolled back, and she was having a seizure, um, which is a scary, scary thing. And it wasn't a, you know, a huge one, but it was enough. And we, we got her in the car, and we took her to the hospital, and we said, what is going on? And um, through various tests, we eventually found out that my precious mama had a brain tumor. And when you hear those words, and some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, when you hear that, oh, man, it shatters your world. It shatters everything. And uh, at first, the doctor said that my mom would probably be alive for two weeks. And my mom ended up going to live seven years. So I'm thankful for the time I had with her. But I'll never forget, we were planning our wedding. We were about a month away, Sammy and I. And my mom kept saying to me, you know, Manny, I just want you to, I just want you to be happy, and I just want you to always stay close to Jesus. And she started having these talks with me that sometimes people do when they know. And I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to accept it. Because who wants to accept it, right? No one does. You don't want to hear that. But she started talking to me a lot about staying close to Jesus. You got to understand, too, with my mom, when she had this tumor, she had three biopsies. And whenever you have a biopsy, there's a, there's a risk of some sort. But when you go into the brain, it's so delicate. I mean, truly, God is the amazing creator. When you think of this, the smallest little adjustment, the smallest little mistake, and they would always say, she could be a vegetable. You, could never, you might never hear her talk again. She had three of those. And I never forget, every time when she had it, when she would come out of it, 
she wouldn't know what's going on. She couldn't remember my sister's name. She couldn't remember my name, but she always remembered one name. And it was Jesus. Can you imagine that? That's the kind of stuff that's, that makes me say, you know, when, when we have these great debates about whether you believe or, or you don't believe, I don't know. There's a lot of good, uh, good argument on both sides. I have friends that are atheists, and we love to talk, and, and I love to hear what they have to say, and they, they listen to what I have to say. And sometimes it's things like that that I just I, I have to share and say, you know what? I, I know you, it's hard to believe in God in a world where that's crazy. I, I'm not taking away from that, where kids are getting killed and where wars are happening. I know that this is hard, but what I do know is this. How is it? That a woman who just had a biopsy in her brain is completely, you know, can't remember anything, can't speak the name of her husband that he's, that she's had for years and years and years, can't say the name of her son that she gave birth to. She can't say, but she can say the name of Jesus. Like, how does that work? I don't know. But I know that that's, that means something, right? It means, at least to me, that means something. And here we are just a month before our wedding, and my mom started having these, you know, it started just getting worse and worse and worse. And um, I remember she went to the hospital. It was our pledge drive at WGTS, and uh, we kind of knew that this was going to be it. We knew that this was going to be the end. And my mom totally felt unconscious, and she came out of that, uh, that you know, a coma for lack of a better word, on Saturday for about five or six hours. Darren, you were there, man. You were there. And um, she, was, she, was, she had like five or six hours on Saturday. And she said to my wife, I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> we laugh about it all the time. She literally, the last thing she said to Sam was teasing me about I'm, I'm just a mess and you're going to have your hands full trying to take care of Pete as her husband. And they were laughing about it. And I was like, oh, man. And, um, and then when me and her talked, I said to her, I said, Mama, you know how much I love you? And I can't, you know, how, how do you prepare for that, man? How do you prepare for that? A month before your wedding, and the last word I heard say out, her say out of her mouth was Jesus. And then she you know, went back to sleep and we thought maybe she was going to get better. But that was, that was the last time I ever heard her talk. And when she passed uh, at the hospice, I started losing my mind. And I've been in the hospital with a lot of people being just a pastor. I, I mean, uh, I do, this is my job. I know I've seen the other side of it. This past Wednesday was one of them. You know, Sammy was there with me, and she doesn't get to come with me on a lot of those hospital visits. But we were there, and there was like 30 or 40 people there in the hospital, and it was, you know, it was intense, and it was emotional. And she was like, how do you, how do you stay calm in this? And this is because we, we've done it before. But when you're on the other side, you know, and it's not you comforting a family, but it's you in need of comfort. I'm so thankful for people like Kyle, who I would talk to, Darren, my friends who were there with me. You guys became part of my story, and I became part of your story. And that's what I want to say tonight. Your story is ever-growing, and it's ever-changing. And for me, I think the big part up to this point of my life would say this. 
I lost my mom, the woman who essentially brought me to Christ. She died way too early, but I'm still here. Praising God. I'm still here leading worship with you guys. We're still here singing songs. So when you're broken and when you feel defeated and you don't know how it's going to work, and maybe somebody is actually at the same place where I was back then, and it just it's crazy, I want to just tell you this. There's hope on the other side. There's a great pastor that I love. Um, he's a doctor and he's a professor. He's actually the president of Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena. And he was given a talk. And I remember hearing this actually in the midst of my grieving process. And he's a great, you know, these guys are like super duper smart. And um, they read all these intense books. But he says, when I fly, I don't read any theological books. I only read like Tom Clancy books, these action books. And he's like, and sometimes I get so caught up in the story. As I'm reading this book, and you know, these are big, pretty big books, and they're action-packed, and he gets to a part, maybe in the middle of the book, where it says, you know, he doesn't know how the hero is going to get out of it. He's, he's captured in chains, and he's like, how, how is this going to resolve? And he says, sometimes I have to put the book down for a minute, look around and make sure nobody's looking, open it up, and go to the back of the book. And I just got to know what happens. And he'll put down that book and he'll just flip to the back pages and he'll read the back. And somehow he'll find out that that guy made it and he survived against all odds. He still made it. And that's what I want to say to you tonight. I don't know where your story is going to go. For all I know, you know, hope not. But this could be the last time I talk to you guys for somebody. It could be some of you guys might move. Heaven forbid something could happen. But we're a part of each other's story now, no matter what. And then when you're caught up in the dark moments, when you're caught up in the, in the places of I don't know what is, what's going to happen, I'm going to give you guys permission to cheat a little bit and turn to the end of the book. And the end of the book says this, that we're going to be all right because Jesus paid it all. It says that there's going to be a place where there's going to be no more pain. And no more sorrow. Jesus will be our son. He'll be our light. He'll, he'll carry us through. And he'll wipe away every tear from every eye. And the people that you love, you'll be reunited with. And we'll be together. And it'll be amazing. And sometimes you just need to cheat and go and read the back of the book and remember that. That no matter what you're going through with your job, no matter what you're going through with your health, with your bills, with your family, it's all falling apart. You have to remember this. At the end of the day, for those who hold on to the hope and the trust of Jesus, you're going to be all right. Because he paid it all. I don't know where your story is going to take you. It could get crazy. It could get crazier than it is right now. But I do know this, God is strong enough to handle it all. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.